Welcome to this special episode of Awakened to Grace. Today is part two of our conversation with Terry and Deb Whitson. They sit down to tell us about how the Lord called them halfway across the country to Oklahoma when they were just newlyweds. They activated their faith and trusted that all of their needs would be met. And what God does next is just astounding. We're so glad that you've joined us today for this episode of Awakened to Grace. In episode one with Terry and Deb Whitson, you know, we talked about faith and once a believer really begins to grow in faith as faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, what do you do to release your faith? Terry, that's what you have been talking to us about today. And one of my absolute favorite stories of your life and of your and Deb's marriage and ministry is the story of when God moved you guys by faith at the beginning of your marriage. He moved you to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Terry, Deb, why don't you guys share this remarkable story with our listeners? Well, I guess a good place to start is uh, when we got married. Wouldn't you say so, Deb? Mm -hmm. Uh, We uh, uh, were married in 1976, and... uh, uh, we, we like to kid about it. We got married on top of Rome Mountain, Tennessee, because we wanted to have a mountaintop experience. Uh, but literally, we did get married on top of the mountain in June of 1976. And we set up housekeeping in Kingsport, Tennessee, and uh, began our adventure of our lives together. When I was in the Marine Corps, I, I received the call of God into ministry. And I realized when I came back out of the service, I needed to be equipped. Deb and I both finished college, and I realized I needed to be equipped for ministry. I didn't have any necessarily any desire for, to go to seminary, and, and I'm not opposing anybody who does. I just didn't have the desire to finish you know, college, and, but I knew I needed to be equipped. And so I was down at my mom's home and my dad's home, and I had... Uh, came across a magazine I had never seen. It was called The Word of Faith, and I didn't know anything about this ministry whatsoever. And as I was reading through it, and I came across an article, and this article really was an advertisement for a Bible school, and I had a witness to go there. But let me back up just a little bit, because we, Deb and I talked about this at, on another occasion. We talked about uh, how I was discipled while in the Marine Corps by Campus Crusade for Christ. That's where I had my foundation. And it was a wonderful foundation for which I'm eternally thankful to heaven for. And I'm like I said, I'm backtracking just a little bit here. Uh, and I'll, I'll pick it back up. But uh, there was a brother on staff at Campus Crusade who discipled myself and a number of brothers while I was in the Marine Corps, laid the foundation in, in my life. And so when Deb and I got married, I wanted to go on staff with Campus Crusade. And I was feel, actually filling out the application. And I'll let Debbie maybe speak into that just a little bit. What was your feelings when we when we were filling out that application for, for Crusade? Well, he was sharing with me uh, about going on staff for Campus Crusade. And, and uh, he said you had to... Um, um, raise your support? Raise your support. And uh, that just didn't sit good with me. And I went, hmm... 
I don't know if I want to do that. It just doesn't sound right. And so uh, that just kind of put a stop in the process of us going and pursuing going on staff at Campus Crusade. But interesting enough, some 23, 24 years later, I would go on staff and serve on Campus Crusade staff for about five to six years. Mm-hmm. But initially, those early years, when I came across this article in this magazine called The Word of Faith and had a witness that this is where I'm to go. It was a nine-month training school called Rama Bible Training Center. And I had a witness to go there. I just had a knowing the scripture says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, that the sons of God, it also says in Romans chapter 8, that his spirit will bear witness with our spirit. So I had a witness. You're supposed to go there, even though I knew nothing about this school. I had a witness. So I came back, and I mentioned it to Debbie. I said, Debbie, I believe the Lord may want us to go to this school. And your response was? I think so, too. It's just a knowing. And that's what we have. That's that witness of the Spirit. So she and I had the common witness where to go to school at this nine-month training school called Rama Bible Training Center there in the Tulsa area. And so um, but we had had a car wreck on Christmas morning, 1976. You know, really, I guess it was Christmas afternoon to be specific. And we were traveling from Debbie's home, uh, where she grew up, to my parents' home in North Carolina. And in so doing, we had the snow had covered the roads. The car went sideways, and it, it smashed in the front end of the car, tore the hood off of it. And, uh, and so uh, we ended up driving that car for a period of time with no hood. We're believing God for the money. We were just setting up housekeeping, just getting things started. So we had to start believing God for the repair of our car. But at the same time, we realized we were to go to the school, so I applied to go to, to Rama Bible Training Center and was accepted. And um, so, but we had this wrecked car and we didn't have any money to go anywhere. We had no money. And, and so, but it didn't make any difference. The Lord wanted us to go. Deb and I had the common witness. That's mm-hmm. where we were to go. And so we agreed, according to Matthew 18, 19. The scripture says, if any two of you agree upon anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's what Jesus said. So we were living in a little one-bedroom apartment, and we agreed together that the Lord was going to supply everything we needed to get our car fixed and for to get us from Kingsport, Tennessee to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We agreed together on Matthew chapter 18, and we received at the time we prayed, didn't we? Yes. And what was interesting, I had just been hearing on the radio a fellow by the name of Kenneth Copeland. He was on the radio in those days, and he was teaching on faith and teaching on righteousness, and that was my first strong exposure to how what is faith, how to get faith, and how to release faith. That was my first exposure to it. And it energized me. I could, I, my faith was soaring, and I, and Debbie's faith was soaring. And so we just agreed that the Lord was going to supply everything we needed that went to get our car fixed and to get us to Tulsa, Oklahoma. You want to add into that in terms of the fact of us agreeing? And then what did you mean what we did? We initially started doing what? We began, I began taking things off the wall, things that, not in things in the kitchen that I'd use, but 
things that I necessarily uh, didn't need, and I began packing them, like pictures and uh, certain clocks and and uh, extra towels and extra sheets that just along the way began putting them in boxes and packing them. And our apartment was very small, so that we'd set them in the middle of the living room floor, living room floor and kind of walk around them. But uh, uh, just as an act of faith, just knowing and being confident that God was going to meet us where we were. And see, if you really believe that you receive, faith always has corresponding action. If you believe that God has heard you when you prayed, and you know that, then you're going to have corresponding action accordingly. You, uh, Chad, you had mentioned earlier how what Abraham, he stood in faith 25 years, but the Scripture says he gave glory to God. Being strengthened in faith, he gave glory to God. So his, his faith was continually growing and being exercised as he gave glory to God. That's how he's, he was taking action by giving glory to God. This is working. Lord, thank you for my son in essence. So for us, we knew we had received. So since we'd received, even though we had no money in hand at all to look at, we began packing boxes and putting them in the middle of the floor. And so as we did this, and then I set my application, it was accepted. So it's time to get the get as we would say get the show on the road and people began to hear that we were going to be going to bible schools some thought we were going to go to oral roberts university i said no this is a school that most people had no knowledge of at all and so people began giving us money i didn't ask for money but if the lord had told us to ask for money i would if it wasn't a pride thing but we didn't ask for money because the lord was going to supply it so people began giving us money and in so doing we were able to get the car fixed and got the car repaired and uh, put it back together. And so we needed to rent a truck uh, to get to uh, get to Oklahoma. Now, am I leaving anything out here that you want to inject on, Deb? Not yet. Okay. So there was the aspect of uh, now getting our few furnishings we had and taking those and packing them up and getting to Oklahoma. But here's another feature how the Lord will, will meet you along the way when you're acting in faith because Faith has action. As I said earlier, it has corresponding action. Matter of fact, faith is another definition you could say for faith is acting on the Word of God. Faith is acting on the Word of God. So we're acting and doing what we know to do, and people begin giving us money, for which we were thankful to heaven and got the car repaired. Now we need to rent a small truck to get our furnishings to Oklahoma. So I went to a man up the road, and I told him we're you need to rent a truck, a small truck. And he said, what are you doing? I told him I was going to go to Oklahoma and go to Bible school. He said, i tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, he said, I'm going to knock off my profit on this truck. And it's $100. And I'm going to, your truck's going to be $100 less. And we're going to give that to you to help you get from, from Tennessee to Oklahoma. And so uh, uh, we went and loaded up the truck. And off we took off to Oklahoma in the truck. And Debbie followed me in the car behind, and is it in? I guess it was in August of uh, mm-hmm. 1977, and we took off to Oklahoma, and we got in. We spent the night, I guess, in Conway, Arkansas, and got into Oklahoma the very next day, and uh, we didn't know anybody. We knew nobody in the city, and so uh, there was. We thought, well. Uh, let me let me add this feature to it because it's important. When we got to Oklahoma, we had eighty dollars. 
and we had no credit cards. No credit cards. We had $80 and a heart full of faith. And we've already launched out and we're moving in faith to obey God because we need to fulfill the call of God on our life. And this is how he's directing us. And so we get into Oklahoma, get into Tulsa, where we've never been before and not knowing anyone there. And uh, we went to a locator agency to help us find a place to live. And we gave them 20 of our $80. That gave us $60. And we... uh, they gave us an address to go look for uh, duplexes. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. And we went looking for duplexes in South Tulsa, which was not that far from Oral Roberts University. And as we did, we couldn't find the address we were looking for. And it's starting to get the latter part of the day. It's, you know, 6 o'clock in the evening, 7 o'clock in the evening, and we cannot find this address so as we're driving around, we come, go, go into one cul-de-sac, and there's a fellow out mowing his grass in front, of his con, in front of his duplex. And so we stopped specifically to ask this young man or this man if he could help us with this address we're trying to locate. And he said, I can't help you right now. I'm trying to mow and rake my grass before it gets dark. So... We're waiting on him. We thought, well, let's get out and help him. So Deb and I get out of get he we get out of the car, truck, whatever, and we get out and help him mow and rake his grass here at his duplex. He doesn't live at the duplex; he owns the duplex and rents it out. And so, as we finish, it's dark. By the time we're done, it's dark outside. And like I say, this is August, and he his name was Blaine Grisham. And Blaine, he said, what are you guys doing here? I said, well, we're going to this Bible school down here in Broken Arrow, and he'd never heard of it. And he said, well, well," he said, I've got a duplex here. I mean, this, he said, part of half of this duplex is for rent. So he walked us into his duplex. It was a two-bedroom, a two-bathroom, a fireplace, a garage, and all this. And he told us the price, and, you know, I had $60. And I didn't tell him at the time I had $60 or we had $60. But I I said, well, that's not going to work out, you know. He said, well, you guys, I appreciate you helping in in regard to uh, mowing my grass. He said, well, let me take you out to supper. Then he he, kind of interrupted himself and said, well, where y'all staying? And, uh, And I said, well, we'll stay at a hotel. He said, well, won't you come and stay with me? And I thought, huh. I said, wait. I said, what's your wife going to say? You bringing strangers off the street into her house. And she, and he said, oh, she won't care. I thought, oh, no, no, no. That ain't going to work. I said, we'll follow you up to your house. We'll sit in the driveway. You go in the house. You talk to your wife. If she says it's okay, you come out and get us, and we'll come in. Otherwise, we'll, just, we'll follow you up there and leave if necessary because we want you to make this clear and straight with your wife before anything like this goes on. Now, am I leaving anything out that I should mention? Okay. So, so he, we got in the car, he got in his truck and we followed him to North Tulsa and we pulled in in his driveway. Sure enough, he went in the house and he, after a little bit, the back door of the house swung open. His wife, Paula, swung her hand and waved us into the house. I could still see it to this day, waving us into the house. So we got out of the car, 
went into the house, and uh, she uh, she and and uh, Blaine fed us. They had two small children. They fed us, I think, pizza. It's funny mm-hmm. how you remember mm-hmm. things. Fed us pizza that night, and we come to find out they were believers in Jesus as we were, and they they just loved us, took us to bedrooms upstairs and gave us their bedroom of our own. We got up the very next morning and went downstairs, and they were gone. They had both gone to work. And I guess it taken the children to child care or whatever. They left keys on the counter with a note on the counter that says, we've gone to work. We'll be back this evening. Help yourself to whatever you need in the house. You see, this is just... I mean, this is supernatural provision. This is supernatural connections. This is divine connections from heaven. Again, here we are, newlyweds, just doing what we know to do. I heard a man of God say this years ago, when it comes to, to obeying God, do what you know to do now. And we were just doing what we knew to do with what the means we had to do, do it with. Some people say, well, you're crazy. Moving, you've moved across country, and you've got $80? Well, yeah, but we had a heart full of faith and knew that our Father would take care of us. And he was meeting us supernaturally. He had met us in getting the car fixed. He had met us in getting the truck rented. He had met us in getting the gas and the means by which to get there. Now he's meeting us in Tulsa and gave us this address by which to go. Then we go to this address doing what we know to do with $60 instead of 80. And we meet Blaine and Paula Grisham who take us into their home. They feed us. And and then sure enough, that next day or so, uh, they take us out to eat again. And I told the Lord in prayer, one of those nights we spent there with him, I said, Lord, I'm not gonna ask Blaine for his duplex. That's not right. But if you want us to have it, you're gonna have to deal with him. Well, that next night or two, they take us out to eat again. Isn't that right? Yes. Took us out to eat again. And we're eating. It's funny, the detail. Here's the detail. We're eating barbecue, if I remember. Mm-hmm. And and Blaine says, Terry, when are you moving in my duplex? Not just me, Terry and Debbie. When are you guys moving in the duplex? And I said, Blaine, I've got $60. That's all I've got. He said, I don't care. He said, he said, you move in, and when you get the money, you pay me. I said, I guess we're moving in tomorrow. <laughs> and because that truck that we had rented had to be in the next day or we're going to have to start paying penalties for late fee on the truck. So the very day that we move into that duplex is the very day the truck needed to be returned. So we turned in the truck, moved into the duplex. Blaine went on to help Debbie get a job. How early on was that, Debbie, that you got that job? It's pretty early on, wasn't it? was early, yes. And he helped her get a job working for a company there in Tulsa as a receptionist. And she worked that job all the the way up to the time that her son was born there in that same place. Mm -hmm. And so what we're talking about, then that start bringing in income immediately that we needed uh, to... uh, to take care of our daily provisions, to start paying for the rent on the duplex as well. But as I've said before, even to you, I think on one occasion, Chad, I don't remember how the Lord provided the means for me to pay the tuition we needed to start school, but he did. And so this was just the supernatural occurrence of how the Lord met us all along the way. It was just, uh, uh, and of course, uh, there was other stories that we could tell and how the Lord took care of us while we're going to Bible school. 
because we didn't have a lot of money. But the Lord began to continually provide our income uh, because I worked part-time and went to Bible school while Debbie worked full-time. And uh, we saw supernatural provision. And we only had one car. That's true. And I took it to go to work, and then you drove your bicycle to, to get to get to work uh, at the other mm -hmm. I worked a half a day and interfin. that's right I worked a half a day when she worked all day mm -hmm. Terry Deb I can't thank you enough for sharing such a wonderful story with us I know this story it not only inspires my faith it challenges my faith when I hear you tell a story like that it makes me want to step out more. It makes me want to trust God even more. What would you guys say? What advice would you give to someone who is feeling like God is calling them into an area of unknown? Maybe they don't have all the answers. Maybe they don't have the final outcome. And they are so, you know, something in them is a bit hesitant, maybe a bit scared to take this next step. What advice would you tell someone? Well, I, I, what comes to mind initially is uh, faith begins where the will of God is known. That's where faith begins. Once you de determine what the will of God is, then you find Scripture. Find Scripture that specifically addresses that and then release your faith. Release your faith on that scripture and bring the Lord into it. Let it be a, an agreement between you and whoever else and the Lord. Let, the, let you, that you guys get in agreement with the word of God. Uh, th that is so wonderful. You know, we just did a big series called Ask Anything. And two questions that came in that I really loved. It said, how do I know when something is the Holy Spirit speaking to me and something is just simply my own desires? How do you tell the difference? And as we pondered that question, you know, what the Lord began to minister to me, it is a beautiful thing when our desires really become God's desires. Yes. And God's desires become our desires. Yes. Isn't that what it means to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth yes. as it is in heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God. So I love what you're saying. I think I, I think uh, if, if I'm correct in what I'm hearing you say, you find out what it is the Lord desires, and when that becomes your desire, you pray the word of God concerning. Yes, it. absolutely. Uh, also, the scripture comes to mind, Chad, in fact, you know, the scripture says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But oftentimes we find when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he drops his desires in our heart to do those things, to obey him. And so once you know and you've ascertained the will of God, don't be afraid to step out. I mean, there's some fear that the enemy wants to bring in against you, but don't, don't, get, you don't yield to the fear. Yield to the word of God. Find the scripture and agree upon the word of God and bring God into it and agree with Father, you're going to make a way and you'll, you'll do what's necessary for us to accomplish what you want us to do. Agree on it. Stand in it. Don't be afraid. Stand in it and be convinced that this is the will of God and, and, and then step into it. Once you've agreed, step into it in whatever way you can, whatever way you can exercise your faith in moving in that direction. As we talked about in the earlier session, we talked about the, the man who couldn't 
couldn't walk, and Paul taught him to stand up. Well, how is he going to stand up? He's never stood up before. Well, he's going to take some effort. He's going to make some movement, and then the power of God's going to meet him in that movement. So once a person realizes what first, they find out what what they need to do, what they're convinced is the will of God, then they release their faith according to the Word of God, then they start taking some steps to move in that direction. Yes, I think one of my favorite points of the story you shared today, although there's many unbelievable elements, what my favorite was is before you had any money, before you had any truck or any movement, you activated your faith by packing boxes. Exactly. Isn't that something else? You were telling the Lord, I'm ready when you're ready. I love it. Well, you know, I think you find if you go and study the scriptures, you'll see this time and time again with other individuals in the Word of God that they begin to step out. They begin to move. I mean, oftentimes I I like to refer to David when he's facing this 10-foot Goliath in his life. And, you know, he says, you come to me with a sword and a spear. I come to you in the name of the Lord. And then he runs to the battle line. Here's a ruddy 15, 16-year-old facing a seasoned warrior of 10 feet tall or so, and he's running, see, and he and he's moving in faith because he has a covenant. And I think it's so important to emphasize to the saints that we have a covenant, and our Father is going to support us in, by His Word. And when we step out, it's better to step out and 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 not seen the full result of what we wanted than never to have stepped out at all. And so stepping out, because the Scripture says, without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. And it also says, the righteous man shall live by faith. So we want to be doing what God tells us to do, even though there's going to be struggles in it. Yeah, you you know, another aspect that you shared is that you you hadn't been married very long before you stepped out in this. I, I was listening the other day to the text when Abraham was told to sacrifice Isaac. And what stunned me in that text was the very next morning he arose. I thought, you know, Lord, had that been me, I think I would have said, let's wait a few months. Let's, let's wait till next year. Mm. Let's wait. And, and isn't, isn't very, so often, isn't our delayed obedience really disobedience? That's correct. It is. Sometimes we have to be quick to obey God, don't we? Absolutely. And you respect Abraham and many other Bible characters who did that. They immediately began to do what the Lord told them to do. And again, that's the exercise of faith. And I'm, you, I think about the story you just giving account of concerning Abraham. And, of course, you know, here is his son having to follow along that path with him, and he's having to move in some degree of faith himself as he trusts his, he trusts his father to do what he knows is right. Well, Terry and Deb, I cannot thank you enough for sharing such a wonderful story that I know is going to spur people along to greater faith. I want us to finish out this episode today with you guys praying specifically for those in our listening audience that God is calling them to step out. God is moving them out of a passive faith into activating their faith. Will you just take a few moments right now? Will you speak specifically to those people that God is calling to a deeper level of faith and pray for them? Father, we thank you 
uh, first of all, that you've given us faith because we know it's come from heaven. And we thank you, Father, for those that are listening even today. We thank you for their lives. May they be strengthened. May they be strengthened with might and power by your spirit in their inner man today. May you add to their lives richly every good thing to do your will, you working in them that which is pleasing in your sight. Father, may they not be fearful in stepping into the will of God and the plans you have for them, no matter in what area of life it may be. May you grant them the fortitude and the perseverance and the great confidence that you will stand with them as they take their steps acting upon you and your word. May your word become real to them, more real, more real, and more real as the days go by so that they, Father, will have the assurance that you are going with them and you're guiding them in their steps. So, Father, teach them and instruct them in the way they're to go. Mm -hmm. Counsel them with your eye upon them and grant them great confidence as they move to do your will and please you in the process. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you visited my online store where you can find books, music, sermon series, and so much more? I hope you'll go there today, awakentograce.com slash store, and keep checking back because our resources that are designed for spiritual growth are always growing. awakentograce.com slash store.